0: special edition of Willie and Nathan's Extreme Podcast, Nathan Spotlight, my spotlight for tonight's uh, show. I want to thank you guys for tuning in and listening in to our uh, episode. And tonight we have a lot to get into from top stories, recaps on daytime, and possibly some uh, hot items when it comes to the soap operas for uh, daytime television and what to expect uh you know, down the line in the fall into winter, and possibly into next year, because uh, anything and everything can happen. So, uh, without any further ado, let's get right into our top stories tonight. And for those of you who um, probably don't notice by now, um, the WGA strike will be ending uh, after uh, Gilded League's approved a hand deal. So, without any further ado, let me play to you the audio uh, article from Gilded.com uh, this is from Dominic Patton and Daryl Robb, uh, posted Decem- uh, September 26, 2023, at 5 10 p.m. this evening. So, any further ado, let's get right into it. So, make sure you guys uh, listen to the article, have the uh, audio level raised, and uh, let's listen in. I'll give you guys my
1: thoughts. WGA strike to officially end at midnight as guild leaders approve tentative deal. After almost five months, the Writers Guild strike will be officially over at 12.01 a.m. Wednesday. Writers can then return to work while the ratification process plays out. If, on the off chance, that members reject the tentative agreement that was worked out on Sunday, the strike will start back up again. At 148 days, the strike will be just a few days short of being the Guild's longest ever. The strike of 1988 lasted 153 days. Here's that latest message the Negotiating Committee sent to members. As we reported on Sunday, the WGA reached a tentative agreement with the Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producers on a new three-year minimum basic agreement. Today, your Negotiating Committee The WGAW Board and WGE Council all voted unanimously to recommend the agreement. It will now go to both guilds' memberships for a ratification vote. Eligible voters will receive ballot and materials for the vote, which will take place from October 2nd to October 9th. The WGAW Board and WGE Council also voted unanimously to lift the restraining order and end the strike as of 12.01 a.m. Pacific Time. 3.01 a.m. Eastern Time on Wednesday, September 27. This allows writers to return to work during the ratification process, but does not affect the membership's right to make a final determination on contract approval. Now that we have finalized the Memorandum of Agreement, MOA, we can share details of this exceptional deal with gains and protections for members in every sector of the business. Members can read the complete tentative agreement, which is codified in this Memorandum of Agreement MOA. We are also providing a short summary of the MOA. Here is an update of the two-pager, now seven-pager, that compares the status of negotiations on May 1st and what we achieved after 148 days on strike. We are convening meetings this week, so current members can hear from the Negotiating Committee board and council and have the opportunity to ask questions about the agreement before the ratification vote wednesday september 27th 7 o'clock p.m eastern time at the manhattan center doors open with snacks and refreshments six o'clock p.m rsvp wednesday september 27th seven o'clock p.m pacific time at the hollywood palladium Doors open with snacks and refreshments, 6 o'clock p.m. RSVP Thursday September 28, 5 o'clock p.m. Pacific Time, 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time RSVP Friday September 29, 11 o'clock a.m. Pacific Time, 2 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time RSVP Please try to be with us in person on Wednesday either in NYC or L.A. We did this together and it would be good to gather again to honor both our strike and what we've accomplished. We look forward to discussing the deal with you. The tentative agreement to end the strike, which was reached Sunday night, was approved today by the WGA West Board and the WGA East Council, which also voted to lift what the Guild calls a restraining order to end the strike at a certain date and time to be determined pending ratification. This would allow writers to return to work during the ratification vote, but would not affect the membership's right to make a final determination on contract approval, the Guild says. The tentative deal now goes to the Guild's members for final ratification. Details of the agreement haven't been made public yet. But after the deal was reached with the Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producers, the guild's negotiating committee told members that this deal is exceptional, with meaningful gains and protections for writers in every sector of the membership. Key strike issues included wages, streaming residuals, protections against the abuse of artificial intelligence, and minimum staffing and duration of employment in TV writers' rooms. Prior to today's vote by the board and council, The Guild and the AMPTP put the final touches on their memorandum of agreement, which details all the deal points. After that, the WGA negotiating committee voted to recommend it to the board and council for their approval.
0: What's up, everybody? All right, and um, with that, guys, that is the uh, audio article for Dylan.com and mostly the article itself. You know pretty much addresses you know all of um, the um, you know pretty much addresses all of uh, the details of what happened and what's in the deal but the question to ask yourselves is did a WGA really win this time around I want to go to this comment here by Anonymous and as we all know Anonymous uh, there are anonymous comments on every article on deadline, you know, most people don't want to give out their identities and stuff, and names, and username and stuff, and that's totally fine. But he, this person does make, um, you know, a lot of good points, so uh, let me just get that up here. Okay. says not a victory at all the WGA got handled again AI AI AI-generated material is not considered literary material, source material or assigned material under the MBA. AI is not considered a writer under the MBA. Writers can elect to use AI tools if the company consents but cannot be required to use AI. Companies must disclose if the material provided to the writer contains AI-generated content. WGA reserves the right to claim exploring writers' writers' work to train AI violates the MBA. Writers' room size, pre-greenlight, minimum three writer producers for rooms of three plus writers. Ten-week minimum guarantee. First season post-greenlight up six episodes, minimum three writers, all writer producers. Seven total episodes, minimum five writers, three writer producers. Three plus episodes, minimum six writers, three writer producers. Subsequent seasons, same minimums based on episode count. The minimum number must be guaranteed at least 20 weeks or the room duration if shorter. So I just have the question, guys, who really won uh, this time around? Was it WGA or was it really the AMPTP? There has been quote-unquote side deals going on behind the scenes from what both me and Willie have heard. Uh, you know, when it came to coming up with a deal for the strike due to a certain someone, and I will let you guys, and we'll let you guys figure out who that could have been, because she, she was the person that was behind, um, you know, uh, the deals in the first place, or shall I say, you know, manufactured or, or you know, organized a deal from beginning to end or what, uh, what to use during negotiations during this time around. I'm not going to give away who it is, but this person is in charge of another um, union, uh, opposite of WGA, and me and Willie do not trust this person. We feel this person used this opportunity to benefit herself, and we call for more leadership. Actually, more, uh, actually, uh, not more, but uh, others behind the scenes are calling for a new leadership when it comes to this other union that's also in a strike, and uh, I'm just gonna leave it there let you guys know what's happening. But think about it, uh, think about it like this, guys. Do you really think WGA won this time around? Uh, who knows? I guess we're gonna see, uh, you know, the aftermath how it affects everyone. But if it doesn't, if the deal it falls through in the end, then. Um, WJ only has to blame themselves, and I do kind of feel bad for those in the sub-negotiating uh, committee who, you know, presented, you know, their um, <clears throat> the deal that they won to the AMPTP, but at the same time, me and Willie both feel that they caved in, and this is not the end result, and so uh, we're going to see how this affects every single show moving forward, but, you know, the strike is over, and hey, you know, everyone did it, right? so you know nothing you know you know nothing bad should happen at this point so uh or will there be or will something bad happen we'll see what happens after that and speaking of another union let's go to SAG-AFTRA and studios can meet within days so let me play to you uh this article right here so let's get that up uh okay let's just hang in there guys Let me, let me just make sure I get this here just, i don't know why it's not playing but let me just try refreshing the page if it doesn't if it doesn't come on then um I guess I'll just read it uh, but let me just try it one more time
1: meet within days. As the WGA leadership and members move forward on the Scribe's tentative agreement with the studios and streamers, the 160,000 strong actors union could be sitting down with the AMPTP within days. Riding the momentum that has hit Hollywood since the WGA and the Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producers struck a deal on September 24th, SAG-AFTRA leaders have penciled in meetings with the Carol Lombardini-led group by the end of next week, we hear. As always in labor relations, the situation is fluid, and no negotiation has truly started until all participants are seated at the bargaining table. We have no confirmed dates scheduled and there will not be meetings with the AMPTP this week, a SAG-AFTRA spokesperson said Tuesday. When we do have dates confirmed, we will inform our members. No one should rely on speculation. The AMPTP did not respond to Deadline's requests for comment on the potential meetings. The Actors' Union has been on strike since July 14, when its members joined the WGA on the picket lines, creating Hollywood's first joint strike since the Kennedy administration. The writers have suspended picketing and are awaiting details about their deal, which could come today or tomorrow. WGA leaders on both coasts are scheduled to vote today on whether to send the tentative agreement to the general membership for ratification. If that occurs as expected, a vote by the nearly 12,000 members of the guild could come within several days, and a yes from them would end the WGA strike but the actors remain on the picket lines for now as both unions have pledged and shown solidarity with each other throughout the current labor strife. While the WGA and SAG-AFTRA share similar concerns about AI, residuals and data transparency, to name a few, the actors' union has some individual concerns that need to be addressed in its contract talks. SAG AFTRA President Fran Drescher has been vocal and passionate in her rhetoric, saying, among other things, that the AMPTP's maniacal corporate culture for greed must stop. Meanwhile, the union's National Executive Director Duncan Crabtree Ireland has made many public appearances, including at the Toronto Film Festival, to talk up his side's point of view. Meanwhile, SAG AFTRA members voted unanimously on Monday to authorize a strike against the video game industry, citing concerns including the exploitative uses of AI and lagging wages. The union's chief contracts officer Ray Rodriguez said, This strike authorization makes an emphatic statement that we must reach an agreement that will fairly compensate these talented performers, provide common-sense safety measures, and allow them to work with dignity. Our members' livelihoods depend on it. David Robb and Eric Peterson contributed to this report.
0: And with that, guys, that is the article, the audio article. SAG-AFTRA students can meet within days to discuss a new deal. And I do feel that, um, you know, that they should not be able to hold out much longer because everyone has to go back to work, you know, the writers, actors, actresses. Everyone has to go back to work, and, um, you know, I do, I mean, both of me and Willie believe that SAG should be able to have a similar deal to what the writers want, but at the same time, you know, will, this, will there be side deals, um, uh, you know, in, in the mix during those negotiations between SAG and the AMPTP, um, you know, I do feel that, um, with everything that's been going on, you know, this strike does not only affect the writers, but also expect also affects um, also affects the, um, you know, Hollywood and business, you know, around the different parts of the country that, you know, that have uh, that, you know, that have, you know, acting and also writing jobs too. So, um, hopefully everything does turn out, but me and Willie are not that confident that SAG is not going get everything that they want, and that A and PTP will win again. Just like they did when it comes to uh, the Writers Guild of America strike. And, you know, at the end of the day, uh, we both think that SAG will cave in too. Uh, and if that happens, then, you know, me and Willie want to call for new leadership within sag after uh, Fran Dresser, you know, I mean, I loved her as a nanny on the Nanny TV show, but I just cannot take her seriously as the leader of SAG-AFTRA with all due respect but hopefully that um you know know, hopefully it all turns out and this article SAG-AFTRA studios could be within days is by Anthony D Alessandro and Dominic Padden so with that guys let's get into our next top stories and speaking of SAG-AFTRA SAG-AFTRA members voted overwhelmingly to authorize strike against video game industry. So, this was announced um, the other day, not the other day, but this was announced today. And uh, me and Willie both called this when we discussed the details of what to expect. So, uh, let me just get the article up here, and uh, so and uh, play that for you guys. This was done by David Robb, posted September 20. 26- September twenty fifth, twenty twenty three, at six thirty eight p.m. last night. So let's get that from here.
1: SAG-AFTRA members vote overwhelmingly to authorize strike against video game industry. SAG-AFTRA members have voted overwhelmingly to authorize a strike against 10 of the major video game companies. The vote was 98.32 percent in favor. A total of 34,687 members cast ballots representing a voting 27.47% of eligible voters. The Guild's last strike against the gaming companies, in 2016-17, lasted 183 days. The Guild, meanwhile, has been on strike against the film and TV industry since July 14. It's time for the video game companies to stop playing games and get serious about reaching an agreement on this contract said SAG-AFTRA President Fran Drescher. The result of this vote shows our membership understands the existential nature of these negotiations, and that the time is now for these companies, which are making billions of dollars and paying their CEOs lavishly, to give our performers an agreement that keeps performing in video games as a viable career. The Guild's Board and Negotiating Committee had already voted unanimously to recommend the authorization vote, which required 75% approval of voting members to pass. Today's vote, however, doesn't necessarily mean that there will be a strike, but rather gives the National Board to authority to call a strike if negotiations fail to produce an acceptable agreement. The Guild and the companies will resume negotiations on Tuesday, And now that strike authorization has been approved, a strike could come any time after that. After five rounds of bargaining, it has become abundantly clear that the video game companies aren't willing to meaningfully engage on the critical issues. Compensation undercut by inflation, unregulated use of AI and safety, said SAG-AFTRA National Executive Director and Chief Negotiator Duncan Crabtree, Ireland. I remain hopeful that we will be able to reach an agreement that meets members needs but our members are done being exploited and if these corporations aren't willing to offer a fair deal our next stop will be the picket lines it's been nearly a year since the guild's video game contract known as the interactive media agreement was extended beyond its original expiration date unfortunately throughout the negotiations The companies have failed to address those needs, the Guild said on September 1st as it geared up for another strike. Many of the issues involved in the ongoing film and TV strike are common to those in the video game contract, including wages and artificial intelligence. Between the exploitative uses of AI and lagging wages, Those who work in video games are facing many of the same issues as those who work in film and television, said Chief Contracts Officer Ray Rodriguez. This strike authorization makes an emphatic statement that we must reach an agreement that will fairly compensate these talented performers, provide common-sense safety measures, and allow them to work with dignity. Our members' livelihoods depend on it. SAG AFTRA President Fran Drescher said on September 1st as the Guild was facing the prospect of dual strikes, now our interactive video game agreement is at a stalemate too. Once again, we are facing employer greed and disrespect. Once again artificial intelligence is putting our members in jeopardy of reducing their opportunity to work. And once again, SAG AFTRA is standing up to tyranny on behalf of its members. The ten companies facing a possible strike are: Activision Productions Incorporated, Blind Light LLC, Disney Character Voices Incorporated, Electronic Arts Productions Incorporated, Epic Games Incorporated, Formosa Interactive LLC, Insomniac Games Incorporated, Take Two Productions Incorporated, VoiceWorks Productions Incorporated, and. WB Games Inc. Audrey Cooling, a spokesperson for the video game company said, "We all want a fair contract that reflects the important contributions of SAG-AFTRA represented performers in an industry that delivers world-class entertainment to billions of players around the world. We are negotiating in good faith and hope to reach a mutually beneficial deal as soon as possible." My brother-in-law
0: so that is the article, um, <clears throat> audio article for SAG after members vote overwhelmingly to author, uh, authorize a uh, strike against video game industry. Um, this strike feels kind of like a waste of time for both me and Willie because, you know, you know, Fran Dresser, you know, everyone else can talk about all, everyone else needs to stop playing around, playing games, and get serious about reaching an agreement on his contract. Here's the, the difference between, um, you know, the film industry and the video games industry. And this comment right here by Anonymous in the Deadline article says, Video games may not require actors and great part of it is done outside the USA. Furthermore, the biggest part of industry is in Japan as historically known by not only being heavily anti-unions, but even tries doubling down and hiring non-union workers. I hope that condition of work can improve, but unlike movie, the impact of a strike will be... Uh, far less felt but uh, this other comment under it says Japanese voice actors are in a union as well any well known name is in one most of the newer ones as well but they are allowed to be paid less because they have no name recognition however they are so numerous they can get around not having those in union as voice acting training is very standard so uh, this is another strike that's going on I'm kinda wondering if there's gonna be another side deal to this as well, since the other, uh, strike, uh, WGA had a side deal to it. And also a, um, also the SAG after, uh, will probably have another side deal to it as well. And who do you guys think this really all benefits at the end of the day? Probably one person and one person only. And everyone else will just feed off the scraps of these potential new deals that will be approved, uh, unless... There are those who stand up for themselves, make their voices heard, and um, basically reject what's been uh, what's been offered. And I just I do feel bad for you know those in SAG and WGA who worked hard to negotiate. At the same time, though, they have to be able to you know um, stand on their own two feet and not rely on others who are not a part of who are part of different unions. When it comes to the deals that are going to be negotiated because every union uh, has a different deal based on what's needed, you know, what is required, and so on and so forth. But um, it's just a big mess at the end of the day. And both me and Willie predict that there will be chaos coming in the next couple of months and years that we will probably never see before. So uh, stay tuned, guys, because the, the best is yet to come. So let's get right into our, let's see, this one here. Let's get into our last um, top stories tonight. And Moonlighting is coming to Hulu, finally. Um, posted by Lynette Lin- Rice, September 26, 2023, at 10.30 a.m. Uh, this morning. And uh, let me just get the audio article here. So I can, pl- I can play the... Uh, the audio of the article that explains uh, where you guys can see it and get to see the episodes of Moonlighting so just hang in there guys your challenge Just waiting for the audio to come up. It's loading as we speak. Uh, But, here, Moonlight is coming to Hulu finally. Um, For the love of Manny Hayes, Look was coming to Hulu. For the very first time, all 67 episodes of Moonlight will be available to stream on the platform beginning October 10th. Hulu promises that each episode in 1980s comedy starring Bruce Willis and Sybil Shepard has been remastered in HD from the original film source. It will even, it even will feature the original Grammy-nominated title track recording from Al J. So, The fact that Moonline had landed at Hulu isn't exactly a surprise. On October 22nd, career Glenn Gordon-Current teased some kind of Moonlight return on Twitter. Quote, Disney and I have put our hands together and come up with a plan, he wrote. Speculation mainly centered on either Disney Plus or Hulu picking up the episodes, from the popular 1985-89 ABC show, but there was a catch: music rights. The series leaned heavily on hits from multiple decades. Apparently, that's water on the bridge now. Anyone with a Hulu subscription can soon enjoy the tale of broke fashion model named Maddie Hayes Shepherd, who gets heavily involved in a detective agency that she owns, that also happens to employ a smart, a lucky PI named. David Allison Jr., played by Bruce Willis, sexual tension ensues. So did the backstage drama. Moonlight lasted for five seasons before tension between the two stars got to be too much. Shepard's pregnancy have leave also impacted production, as did Willis's hunger to become a blockbuster movie star. His big screen breakout came with 1988's Die Hard, which was released ahead of the series' final season. And so, uh, don't forget, guys, October 10th, that will be the day you guys can see all the episodes of Moonlighting. And for someone who was not born in the late 80s, I never got a chance to see Moonlighting. And uh, just knowing, though, that uh, Civil, Shep- uh, Civil Shepherd, and Bruce Willis were part of it, I can tell both of them had, you know, immense chemistry. I even watched some clips of them on YouTube uh, for the show Moonlighting. And... I gotta say they, they they looked great together, and I just love them as a pairing. So I'm sure you guys check that out. And with that, guys, we're gonna take a uh, music break. When we come back, we're gonna get into um, we're gonna get into uh, our recap of daytime soap opera, starting off, of course, with General Hospital. So with that, guys, stay tuned. We'll be right back uh, after this. Uh, commercial break. So, uh, stay tuned, guys. It's an extreme podcast, Nathan Spotlight, my spotlight. And tonight, uh, we're going to get into our uh, recap of Daytime Soap Bombers, and we're going to kick it off with the lone sudser on ABC, General Hospital. And, you know, I have to say, I'm, I'm going to miss the uh, scab writing if the strikes do get, if the, uh, the deals of the, um, deals of you know, both the WGA and the SAG, uh, you know, you know, WGA, SAG, after I do get approved, I will miss, you know, uh, the core writing, uh, Matthew Sand, and I think Ben Poole, if that's, if I'm, you know, saying their names correctly, um, you know, both of them, along with the writing staff, that are, you know, I think producers, if I'm correct, they have done a tremendous job with the show, and not everything has been perfect, but most of all, stories have been improving, uh, moving along, you know, the pacing is, is a little bit much better, even though we still have a boatload of characters need to be, uh, you know, written off the show. Um, <clears throat> and, you know, stories are not dragging out, which was a, a huge criticism under Chris Van Een and Dan O'Connor. And, you know, with them coming back, potentially coming back, there is some worry that we're going to get more repeats of the same thing over and over again. But, you know, hopefully, if, you know, Frank Valentini is smart and ABC are smart enough, they will wake up and make fresh changes. Uh, the kick off General Hospital this week, we had the ongoing drama when it comes to Drew Kane, who was brutally stabbed and beaten down in the shower of a, of, you know, the prison where he's, where he's staying due to, you know, someone or whoever finding out about, um, you know, what Drew is up to when, you know, Uh, you know, when he he talks, and this was before he was attacked, he spoke to Cyrus about, you know, about, um, you know, the corrupt judge, the judge who was in charge of Drew's case and all, and, you know, two guys overheard that, and so they attacked Drew, and Drew's at the hospital, you know, um, you know, Drew will make, will make it, he will survive, unfortunately, but, um, you know, uh, it is what it is. I don't think anyone should expect Drew to get killed off. Um, we have Portia apologizing to Anna. Uh, you know, Valentine showing Charlotte, you know, a a new home that you know both he, her, and Anna could stay. But Charlotte was uh, a little bit hesitant when Valentine asked her about, um, you know, how would she feel if Anna stayed with them. Uh, I think we all know that Charlotte was the one. Who, um, who you know, burned Anna's home. Uh, Pikeman is not going after Anna. Pikeman is going after Sunny, most likely. And um, with that, I do think that uh, Charlotte could be a red herring because you know we both, both me really and also think that maybe Valentine is behind it. Uh, who knows? Probably to make sure that Pikeman stays away from Anna or whoever. Or maybe it's for someone else. Or maybe it's to protect Charlotte. Who knows. But, um, you know, I do like the... I do kind of like the twist. I don't know where it's going to lead to. But it should be good under the remaining scavengering we have here. Um, you know, we also had, you know, Jake, the son of Liz Webber, you know, talk with Finn about, you know, making confession about, you know, what about everything that's going on in his life. And I... I, I do think that many will, will agree with me that Elizabeth should have been the one to talk to Jake uh, about, you know, what's going on with him because Jake, you know, has grown up to be an adult and he's moving on in his life um, with a lot of challenges coming ahead. Not only that, uh, his friendship with Charlotte, I think will cause, and happen to, uh, I think will cause a lot of eyeballs uh, for the viewing audience who wants to see where it goes between both Jake and Charlotte. That might be, uh, the two of them may, who knows, they may date one another. So, there's that. Uh, We also have uh, the storyline with Gladys, Cody, Sasha, Dante. And, you know, Chase has already been, um, Chase has been, uh, I think he's been filled in on the plan. And Cody has turned himself in. And, you know, thanks to Sam and her PI skills, she was able to call Gladys. Uh, and tell her about uh, Sasha, and so Gladys was basically packing her bags and stuff, and at the end of this episode, Sasha was at the door to prevent Gladys from leaving, and Sasha was not happy about uh, seeing Gladys, and I'm pretty sure Sasha tomorrow, on the episode of the Hospital, she's going to rip a new one into Gladys, and Gladys deserves it. You know, I just think that, you know, after this, Gladys has to leave town, or... She's got probably going to be taken out, uh, by someone or something, because uh, the character of Glass is running its course. But I'm just glad that Glass is not going to be, um, you know, will not be, um, will not be, you know, uh, what's the word, uh, not held res, or not held responsible. Is that just saying? Yeah, I'm just glad that Glass is going to get her, you know, quote unquote, you know, punishment, so to speak, and uh, you know, uh. I think everyone should tune in tomorrow to see what happens. Um, let's see if there's anything else I missed. Uh, also, we had um, the return of Blaze, played by, um, I think, wait, let me just double check and make sure I get her name right, because she came back to uh, <clears throat> General Hospital at the end of last week. Uh, the actress who plays uh, Blaze, on General Hospital Return. I had scenes with uh, Christina, you know, and I have to say, uh, I really did uh, like the chemistry between both uh, Christina and Blaze. Uh, I can see the two of them as friends and having them, you know, slowly develop into a uh, romance if, you know, if done right, uh, because I do feel that, uh, you know, doing that would help you know the show remember uh help remember the viewers Help the viewers remember that you know christina is bisexual and she's not only into men but also into women too so um i am interested to see you know where it leads to hopefully this will not be wasted but uh, the actress who plays blaze will be in a um in a story arc and her name is jacqueline grace lopez so she's back in general hospital for a story arc, and, um, I'm looking forward to see what happens next, so, there you go, um, let's see here, and it was anything else, um, I'm not, I'm not really caring about the scenes between the Davis girls and, you know, uh, Molly, the older Molly, if you want to call, call her that, due to this, pain, this, uh, Sureski story storyline, excuse me, this, um, Surrogate storyline, uh, I'm just not interested in that as well. I'm pretty sure Willie really is interested. Um, let's see if anything else I missed out on. We also have Curtis and Portia. Um, not interested in that either still. But it's, it's good to see Curtis moving around and doing different things while he's still in a wheelchair. And, you know, um, and that's that's always good. I think that is about it for General Hospital. So, with that, guys, uh, before we actually get to the spoilers, uh, there is a hot item for General Hospital coming up. And all I will say, guys, is that one kid on the canvas will be reuniting two people that uh, she wants to have as her family, and the other, a romance will be ignited. You know, between two veteran characters on the canvas. So be on the lookout for that. Also, Nina will get extended story as well. So with that, let's get to the spoilers for next week. And remember, guys, I don't know if you guys read the announcement or not, but General Hustle will be preempted for baseball uh, MLB playoffs the 3rd and 4th of next week on Tuesday and Wednesday. The second, fifth, and sixth has spores. Let's get into that before we get into our music break. Um, Valentine, the first one on the 2nd of October 2023, on Monday, Valentine confers to Martin. Kevin shares his theory. Laura is insistent. Anna voices her suspicions and glasses in the hot seat. Thursday, October 5th, 2023, Spencer and Trina affirm their feelings. Sunny issues a threat. Tracy has a slip of the tongue. Valentine surprises Anna. Sasha is in danger. October 6, 2023. Michael and Willow ponder a decision. Carly is shaken. Anna makes a request. Nina shares news with Valentine. Christina is filled with anticipation. So, those are Spoons General Hospital uh, for the week of the 2nd through. Um, the 6th, and remember guys, on Tuesday and Wednesday, October 3rd, Tuesday, October 4th on Wednesday, General we will be, will be preempted for baseball, the MLB Major League Baseball playoffs. And with that guys, we are going to get into our music break here, and when we come back, we're going to get into uh, the Young the Restless, and what's going on in Genoa City. So, stay tuned guys, and I'll be right back.
2: power and the speed With the will to lead You could be the number one champion Higher, faster, further, the stronger Bigger, better, deeper, longer If you've taken the best And you've risen to the test You could be the number one
3: it's from the moment you rise To when you step on that starting line Just one thought passes through your mind Today is gonna be all mine It's not about win or lose To always better yourself is the path you choose Put one foot forward and do whatever you
2: were meant to High, fast, further, stronger
0: longer. best, and And welcome back to Nathan Wills Extreme Podcast. Uh, Nathan Spotlight, my spotlight for tonight, as this podcast is brought brought to us and presented by Pluto TV. Watch your favorite T-movies for free only on Pluto TV. And with that, guys, let's get into uh, Genoa City, The Young and the and what's going on right there for, um, you know, that soap opera. And I can understand uh, certain complaints about the show and, you know, what's going on. Because it seems as if almost everything is, you know, almost all over the place, unfortunately. And, you know, with the debut of the uh, recent assistant, uh, you know, uh, you know, head writer, Arnold Josh Griffith, I feel that he's done a great job when it comes to the flashbacks, but you know, um, uh, you know, I think more work needs to be done for uh, this show when it comes to certain characters and the uh, you know, certain characters and storylines have to be more structured better. Uh, so, uh, for example, this post right here on uh, com says here, too many plots, too many direction changes. By uh, and This one was by uh, Penny B. It says, it gets tiresome. Are Ashley and Tucker over? What is Diane planning? What is Adam plotting? What will Victoria do? Are Tucker and Diane plotting? What is Victor really doing? Does he really know? Who owns the Chancellor shares? Is Lily a is Lily dumb as she seems? Can Sharon cope? What about Sharon Chance and Summer or Adam Sally and Nick? Ordinarily, ordinarily these are classic soap themes, but right now every character is uncertain. Plotting changes direction every week. Should be entertaining to a limit. Sooner or later, a few of these need to be resolved before we stop caring. Okay. And I totally agree with her comment. I feel as if uh, everything is just, everything is happening at once, and you know sometimes it's hard to watch, especially when you know it's, they end a potential pairing like Tucker and Ashley for no apparent reason that makes no sense to me as well. You know how can you root for a pairing when they just end? Selling something without warning. And, you know, uh, love triangles are great for soap operas... ...but these days, I think they take too long to end. Like, for example, Nick, Adam, and Sally train... ...which is no interest to me anymore. Uh, I haven't been done with that... ...even though the show seems to be moving forward... ...when it comes to um, Adam and Sally... ...and reuniting them again. I think the thing that bothers me is that a lot... ...is that when scenes happen off-screen and when they return and something totally different from where they left off, leaving the viewers to wonder, you know, what's going on. You know, and there's another comment right here by Billy Abbott fan, uh, too much corporate shuffling, and it's happening too frequently uh, for me to even care was in charge of anything at this point. And I know as a soap viewer, to suspend reality for the enjoyment of the show, but for these past few months, I always think about all the people who work at those businesses who we never see. Can you imagine if you had a new boss every four days, every four days or two months in a row? Um, I couldn't disagree with them more. Uh, But with that, guys, um, you know, this week on um, YR we've had Phyllis Phyllis Pankey when Tucker blackmails her and is setting Billy up for embezzling as Adam tells Sally he wants to reunite. Uh, Also, today, Jill needs answers from Victor Newman based on what's going on with his support due to Chancellor Industries. Sally lies to Nick Newman who returns. Adam and Jack strike a deal for Dirt on Tucker. And Mammy Johnson is back and she announced um, You know, and and she is going to announce and this will be for tomorrow's episode of YNR. So this is a spoiler for um, this is a spoiler for uh, The the is tomorrow. Wednesday September 27, 2023. Um Mammy is the secret investor in Chancellor Winters. And so this is all about the rivalry she has with uh with Jill. And, you know, the flashbacks uh for one Wednesday, for Wednesday's WNR are from the past featuring Mammy Johnson versus Jill, Forster Abbott from back in the day, I think it was ninety somewhere in the nineties. Um and uh, you know, I I I just love how the show does pay tribute to the flashbacks and featuring the characters of different uh, of rivalries, and we get to see who they were back then to what they are now, and that's always a great, nice touch. So, um, you know, and also it's going to be uh, great to have Memmy Johnson back, not just for, you know, the episode. Also, I heard that she's also going to grill uh, Nate Hastings for the uh, next, I think the next episode Sometime this week during um, the Young and the Restless, so that should be great as well. And let me just see if I have missed anything else here for y and uh, Okay, and that seems to be about it for uh, Y&R. So let's go right into the spoilers for the week of October second. Uh, early earliest spoilers from... Um, let me see here. Where from, from... Okay. Just checking to see where the... Uh, the earliest spoilers for YNR are from for... Um, for next week. Uh, okay. These are from uh, uh, MP M Padden 2002 on Twitter. So shout out to that person who provided uh, the early and spoilers, so here we go for YR. Uh and spoilers for YR. Number one, Victor makes a promise to Nikki. A mysterious stranger arrives in Genoa City, Sally confesses to Nick, and Nate sets ground rules. Also, per the CBS Paramount Press Release, Season 51 of YNR, debuts on Tuesday, October 3rd on CBS in the USA, Monday, October 3rd on Global in Canada. This is from uh, ParamountPressExpress.com. What's coming up for the season per the press release? Victor Newman's fights to protect his legacy at all costs. The unexpected adversary challenges Nikki Newman. Mammy Johnson has unfinished business with rival Joe Abbott roman Malai finds himself caught between ex-wives, Phyllis Summers, and Christine Cricket Blair. Jack Abbott's Val renewal with Diane Jenkins will be the perfect setting for romance, intrigue, and family drama. Also, uh, early edition: A Mysterious Stranger Arrives in Noah City. That's spoiler for the debut of the new character, Claire Grace, who was played by Haley Aaron. The actress previously played Abby Newman on YR many years ago, but now she appears in a brand new role. And, uh,. That's it for the young and the restless and so with that guys, uh, let's take another uh, quick music break. When we come back, we are going to get into the bold and the beautiful. So with that guys, stay tuned. We'll be back uh, in just a little bit. So, so uh, stay tuned guys. To Williams Extreme Podcast, Nathan Spotlight, my spotlight tonight. And let's get into our quick review of B and B. You know, so far, uh, you know, uh, this week and last week, we have the uh, drama going on right now between the Forster family and uh, Forster Creations, and also we have Lee trying to you know convince her son to eliminate and get rid of Sheila Carter at all. And I have to say. Uh, I'm not liking the repetitive dialogue. Again, that's such a uh, major weak spot for B&B because you know they have such uh, storylines that they could you know improve and, um, and move forward on. But um, you know uh, it's no surprise that we're getting this, I guess you can say, quote unquote, drivel dialogue about you know uh, <clears throat> about you know you know, getting rid of Sheila and everything else. It's just repetitive, and I just wish that, um, you know, I just wish that this show would stop doing that and just move forward with the next part of the storyline because, of course, they're trying to hold it off until uh, later on in sweeps, heading up into, uh, you know, November sweeps, and, you know, that's when we're going to get, you know, the conclusion of these storylines. But uh, if you guys have not known, uh, you know both Willie and I were on a uh, Twitter Space uh, sometime last week. I think the end of last week, and we had some big spoilers. And we're supposed to have the spoilers in the podcast that we did on Friday night, but you know the podcast you know didn't come out right. And so uh, what I will tease you guys is is to expect more Forsters coming: Uh, Rick Forster, Felicia Forster, and Kirsten Forster will be making their appearances, uh, for the, uh, retirement of John Jay York, who plays, uh, Eric Forster. Yes, the character of Eric Forster will be leaving the show and retiring, um, you know, and I think, uh, he'll be going to some sort of, uh, rehab center for his, uh, arthritis, uh, if I'm correct. I don't know if uh, Will was correct in that or not, but, You know, that's what's going to happen. And I'm excited to see the Forster family again. Um, You know, other members of the Forster family besides Ridge, Eric, Stephanie, and Thomas. Because I do feel the show needs more characters. And it really feels the same way too. Um, So I'm glad we're going to get Rick Forster, Felicia, and Kirsten. I'm just kind of wondering, are we going to get brand new characters to play? Um, not, Not brand new characters, but brand new actors and actresses to play those roles for, uh, Ryan, for B&B because I do, for me, I, I want the actors who played those roles who were on the show before. For example, Leslie K who plays Felicia, Jacob Young, who plays Rick Forster, uh, also the actress who plays Kirsten, I can't think of her name, but I wouldn't mind her to playing the role again. If if they do recast their roles, then fine, just have uh, credible and capable actors and actresses who can play those roles. Uh, also... Um, the character who plays Luna is connected to Lee, uh, Finn's adoptive mother, and uh, she will not be happy to find out who um, Finn's biological mother is. If you guys guessed it, um, I'll give you guys a second to think about it, and then I'll reveal I'll reveal a couple of seconds here. So, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Finn's biological mother is none other than Lauren Fenmore. It's not Sheila Carter. And that reveal will be coming out very soon. And that's going to affect Lee in a negative way. Uh, Luna is also uh, Finn's biological sister. And, you know, that will be explained too. So, again, a lot of stuff is going on for uh, Bold and Beautiful. And, um, you know, I'm looking forward to it as well. So it's really, And we just hope that it will be executed uh, very well. Uh, Jackie McInnes-Wills will be returning from uh, her maternity leave at some point. When that happens, you guys will be the first to know. And, uh, let us see if I missed out on anything for y- uh, B&B. Ah, uh, yes, also um, Krista Allen will return as Taylor Hayes, uh, you know, this week for The Bone and Beautiful. I think she's on for three days. The 27th, 28th, and 29th. If I'm correct, so I've been looking for that, guys. And with that, let's get to the uh, um, early edition spoilers. This is from www.worldofbb.com. Again, that's at, not at, but www.worldofbb.com. So there we go with the first one. Um, An impulsive and romantic proposal of marriage is made. Taylor and Brooke get heated about Thomas and Hope. And Eric is forced to face his future. With that, guys, let's get into uh, the next commercial, next music break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about um, uh, Days of Our Lives as we head into Salem, Illinois. So, stay tuned, guys, and uh, we'll be right back. Willie needs an extreme podcast, Nathan spotlight, my spotlight. And, uh, we are now in Salem for the days of our lives. And this week is all about bombshells. Uh, first off, we have, uh, Maggie and Justin finding out that, um, in Victor's will when they, you know, found it after Alex and Brady returned from Greece, that Victor has another son. And if you guys have not heard about it, Yes, it is confirmed. Alice Kariakas, played by Rob Scott Wilson, is the son of Victor Kariakas. And boy, oh boy, um, Wally Kerf, uh, Robert Scott Wilson, both of them, you know, they, they both put on the waterworks to, to, uh, to, on his episode of uh, These Are Lives. And I got to say, uh, my hat goes out to both of those guys. Both of them are great actors. No matter what you think about them personally, you can't take away their um, acting chops or acting skills. Especially uh, you know Rob, and also of course uh, Wally Kerf who I feel is very underrated as an actor, and does not get enough you know praise recognition from uh, you know you know from everyone from everyone else. Um, so you know Justin told Alex that you know he is not his son, but. Both of them, both of them agree, and they know that it doesn't change anything. You know, Alex will always think of Justin as his father, and Alex is still, uh, you know, thinking about you know what this means for him, uh, moving forward. Um, also, the other bombshell that we learned this week so far, uh, Chloe learned from a conversation from Rex and Philip that uh, Alexander is the father of. You know, is a father of. You know Sarah's baby, not Rex and Chloe. You know she was devastated. Um, you know she uh, was hurt, heartbroken because she knew that that you know that this meant that she was going to lose you know Alexander and not marry him, unfortunately. And so both of them today on this episode Days of Our Lives had a a heartfelt but sad conversation and. Chloe told Xander the truth, and Xander confronted Sarah and Rex at the Brady Pub. And when we left off from this episode, there's Their Lives, um, Xander is heated and wants answers from Sarah on why she did not tell him the truth about, you know, uh, about, uh, you know, their child that, you know, he's the father of Victoria Margaret. So, you know, I do like... Uh, I also enjoy the scenes we had yesterday between Kate and Vivian, um, you know, um, and, you know, the scenes that they have together, and um, you know, so far, Days of the Lives brought is it, bringing it this week when it comes to the shocking revelations of what's to come for, um, you know, what's to come down the road. I don't think, and Willie really agrees with me, I don't think that this means that Alex will be permanently Victor's son, I think there will be another reveal in November sweeps, or maybe sometime next year, that someone else could be Victor's son, and it's not Alexander, it's actually um, um, I'm uh, ex- uh, sorry, I'm not, um, Victor's son is not uh, actually Alex, it's actually Alexander, And that would make a lot of sense, because having Xander be the, be the uh, Victor's son makes sense, because Victor and Alexander never had a good relationship when Alexander came into town uh, in Salem, and but you know they did, you know, line up to each other before Victor's passing. So having uh, Alexander as Victor's son um, makes a lot of sense, and so that's just um, Monday and Tuesday. Uh, t- then we have tomorrow, Thursday, and Friday, where the uh, rest of. Um, the drama from Salem will take place, and um, let's see if here. And speaking of, uh, you know, Days of Our Lives, someone knows Trace's agenda and what she's what she's doing, because uh, I think it is figured out, mostly figured out that she has something to do with switching uh, the wills, and you know, because uh, if the will that uh, that had uh, Alexander as Victor's son was you know shown and read by Victor not Victor but Maggie and Justin then was the other will so to speak um so that's very interesting and uh, let's see if there's anything else I missed. Okay All right. Okay. and that seems to be about it so uh, let's get into the rest of the spoilers for this week for Days of Our Lives for tomorrow Wednesday, December 27, 2023 Rafe and Jerry track down Ava and Harris Rex and Sarah head to the altar Wendy is stunned by Tripp's actions Chloe questions Philip about his feelings Thursday, December 28, 2023 Eric gets a visitor at moving with Sloan. Lynn, Lynn tries to save her job. Sloan lets Melinda's help. Ava and Harris get closer to Susan's whereabouts. Friday, December 28, 2023. between 29, 2023. Uh, Alex and Sonny react to Victor's will. Vivian learns some shocking news about Victor's will. Plans for revenge take shape. And Marlena shares her opinion of Eric's to living arrangement. And let's get into... Uh, <clears throat> Next week of Days of Lives spoilers. Just waiting for it to come up, guys, so we can get into um, the spoilers for uh, next week for Days of Lives. So here we go as far as for the week of october 2nd 2023 as far as from Subur- suburban digest gwen drops a bomb on leo jada rips into sean Melinda confronts talia xander surprises chloe and that seems to be about it for um spoilers so let's get into the uh days comings, and goings And uh, from soapspoilers.com, posted by Chrissy. So shout out to her. And it says, Who is leaving Days of Our Lives in 2023? Who is coming back to Days? Find newest Days of Our Lives fall, Comings and Goings. Take a look at the past and comings and goings. To read the coming storyline spoilers for the next two weeks, check out Soap Spoilers Days Spoilers section. So, Days, October Comings and Goings. John Paul of and Nadia Borglin exit Days Their Lives, the pair will leave together on Thursday, October 12th, as they relocate to New York City. Uh, Jimmy Martin Mann, has been cast as McCaskill's Brady and Teresa's son Tate, according to SOD, Silverware Digest, Mann will first be seen during the wing on October 9th. And Ashley Pumas joins the cast of Days of Their Lives as Sarah's teenage Holly Nicole. Holly, uh, Nicole Walker's daughter, with deceased daughter Jan- D- Jonas, played by Sean Christian, who was first appears during the week of October 9th. And uh, also, tomorrow, Adam Cale will make his way back to the Israel Lives as Edmund Crumb, according to Soap Digest. For those of you who don't know who he is, he is the first husband um, met uh, married uh, to Susan Banks. And, uh, you know, they met a long time ago, back in 1998, and so it'll be great to have Adam came back as Emmett Crumb. And I do think he has something to do with Susan's whereabouts and where she is. Matter of fact, he, uh, you know, uh, is, uh, helping her hot. As helping, um, uh, you know, m- making sure, you know, Susan is, is still hidden until, um, Ava and Harris find her. Also, um... Zack Tinker, Tinker will be uh, last seen on twenty uh, 29 when the actor and the character exits Salem once again as Sonny Kiriakis. Okay. let see if anything else. Uh, also, Charles Chauncey, who was Shane Donovan. Uh, appeared the week of uh, September twenty fifth when when he ran to his daughter Teresa played by Jane Lily. As uh, there is no word yet on how long the actor will stick around, so uh, we may see him again. Uh, you know down the line on Days of Our Lives, uh, Charles and may have temp- have uh, you know take more scenes on Days of Our Lives, but you know I'm just glad to see Charles Shaughnessy see back on the heavy firm as well. That we had to see him as Shane Donovan this time on Days of Our Lives because I loved him. I liked him as Victor on General Hospital, Victor Casselmine, but you know I just felt that the role was just not for him. So there you go. And with that, guys, we'll take our last music break for our podcast tonight, and uh, when we come back we are getting to Dancing with the Stars uh, and who Willie voted for uh, the this evening. So with that, guys, stay tuned. We're right back right here on Nathan Will's Extreme Podcast. Nathan Spotlight, my spotlight for tonight's uh, episode. podcast, Nathan Spotlight My Spotlight. And before we wrap up uh, tonight's podcast, um, also a reminder, for those of you who attend a Day, day of Days um, event, it will return in October. The annual, day, uh, the annual um, day of Days fan event will return to LA Live on October 21st, beginning 10 a.m. Pacific Time. The Stars of Days will greet fans in newly minted Peacock Place in Los Angeles. For more information, visit the Days Facebook page and reserve for the event at www.peacockofdays.com. That is fastly approaching, so make sure you guys uh, check that out if you want to head to uh, the annual Dare Days fan event. And also, I want to give a shout out to um, uh, actor who was on Grand Line, One we'll Want to Live, uh, John Wesley Ship. Um, he had to undergo surgery for a health issue that had to be dealt with immediately. And so, um, I have it right here. The latest, daytime alum dealing with health an issue. So, veteran John to Ship, ex one to live, ETL revealed on social media that he recently had surgery for, quote, a health issue that had to be dealt with immediately. The adjunct continued, all went well, but I've had to postpone a theater production and personal appearances as the recruit will take some some weeks. I do really appreciate what you share with me that you tr- and trust me with your thoughts and feelings. you are ever on my mind and my heart and I look forward to getting active and out there again as soon as possible. until then remember to play nice be kind and stay engaged engaged. Our futures depend on it so shout out to John wants' ship I hope he's doing well also I want to give a shout out to um, let's see here yeah sub alum coming from surgery. Joe Lando, who played Craig, on The Bold and the Beautiful. So let's get into that very quickly. Uh it says here on Silver Digest, latest. Silver Lone recovering from surgery. Joe Lando, S. Craig of B&B, was recovering from a total knee uh, replacement surgery. The actor shared the news on Instagram along with a video of himself in the recovery room. Quote, happy have total knee replacement Monday? And no, Dr. Quinn didn't use the surgery. She's more of an open heart specialist, he quipped. In the video we say quote, just had just had my knee replaced and I'm laying in recovery. And there's some troubling breathing, but I think I'll get over it. I'm really, really high right now. He then pan over pan panned his phone over to show. A couple of music nurses at a nearby nurse's station added, There's a the wonderful ladies that are taking care of me. I'll keep you posted. Bye. So uh, shout out to him, I hope he recovers and does very well. <clears throat> and um also, make sure I uh, mention this before I, before I forget. But um, also, uh, for YR, Kyle Abbott will take in on Billy Abbott. Bone Beautiful, Brooke, um, Brooke, uh, Brooke Logan, played by Kevin Kelly Lang, will exit temporarily. And last but not least, guys, let's get into our Dancing with the Stars for tonight's episode. Um, I'm pretty sure, like I mentioned before, the. Um, one on the East Coast ended a couple hours ago, and the one on the West Coast is airing right now as we speak. Um, let's get into what um, Willie's, Willie and what he voted on, and I'm going to show you guys on the podcast tonight. Um, Adrian Pearson and Briar Stewart, one vote. Allison Hannigan and Shasta Farber, one vote. Here, uh, Adrian Max and Pasha uh, Pashok, one vote. Barry Williams and P- Pita Peta uh, M- Moragoid, one vote, one vote. Mira Sovino and Gle- uh Shashenko, one vote. Tyson Beckford and Jenna Johnson, one vote. Jason Mars and uh, Daniela Karajans. Lily Pons and Brandon Armstrong. Uh, Uh, Harry Josie and Riley Arnold, one vote. Jimmy Lynn Spears and Alan Bernstein, one vote. Bernstein, one vote, excuse me. And last but not least, Tyson Beckford and Janet Johnson, one vote. Uh, Joltz, Jomez, and Val Kemesowski, one vote as well. Make sure to uh, vote on ABC.com every Monday and Tuesday night for Dancing with the Stars. And, um, you know, we're going to um, end our podcast. Before we do, guys, I, um, you know, I don't like doing uh, this on a, uh, you know, sad note here. Also before I uh, get into that uh happy birthday to Josh Taylor who was Roman who plays Roman Brady on Is our lives he is uh, 8 years old and with that uh, let's get into uh, the sad news for um let's see to um sad news we passed away uh, David Dave passes away on NCIS um, he played um, his character on um, NCIS um for many years this is right here uh tv entertainment news.com uh as some status, we report the passing dan mccallum at the age of 90. mccallum had a successful career in both music and acting he initially trained with obs at the royal academy of music before switching to acting and acting making it a name for himself in the uk film industry he later gained fame for his roles in the hit tv series the man from uncle and ncis Uh, McCallum was married twice in his life, his first marriage to actress Jill Ireland through his three sons. Unfortunately, his adopted son and passed away in 1989. McCallum later married uh, Cameron Carpenter, and had a son and a daughter with her. The couple were known for their charitable uh, work supporting the United States Marine Corps. Uh, David McCallum will be remembered for his contributions to the entertainment industry and his dedication to uh, helping others. He was on um, NCIS, uh, The Man from UNCLE, uh, As the World Turns, Deaths, and In Primetime too. So, um, rest in peace to Mr. David McCullum, and um, he will be missed uh, a lot. And um, But that, guys, that's going to do it for me uh, for tonight on Nathan Spotlight, My Spotlight. And I'll see you guys again uh, next week. I don't know if Willie really will join me for the episode, but if not, of course, uh, I'll be uh, hosting uh, the spotlight, you know, my spotlight for uh, the episode. And if you guys want to find me, you guys reach out to me um, at MoneyMac101 on Twitter. Again, it's at MoneyMac101 J-Sam, J-Sam, um Forever. Slash Nathan Banks. No line, Nathan Banks. If you guys want to uh, reach out to Willie. Let's go here. If you guys want to reach out to uh, Willie, guys can uh, reach out to him on Twitter. At WizU PW. Again, that's at WizU PW. Willie's View Podcast. And uh, that's going to do it for me tonight, guys. Nathan, same saying peace. Take care. Thank you guys for listening. Wherever wherever and whenever you're listening to this from, whether it's uh, this evening, tomorrow morning, next day, or whatever, heading to the weekend. Um, again, we appreciate you guys listening to us tonight. I'll see you guys next time. I'll see you guys next week. And I'm signing off to hear, guys. Peace. Bye.